Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What's going on, everybody? Josh here. Before we get you ready for another edition of the Four Corners podcast, here this week's ad from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers are paid out in sight. Credits restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. The 16th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Michigan out of timeout. And Weber, front court, Carolina thought he traveled with it. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Now gets it away to Donald Williams, down the side to Stackhouse. Stackhouse streaking in on Park, reverse duck is good, and he gets fouled by Park. Oh my goodness, what a dunk! Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! Felton ready on his second attempt. That one is no good! A battle for it. Loose ball. Recovered Marvin. He scores! 72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Matthews off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. From HeelToughBlog.com, this is the Four Corners Podcast, featuring your host, Josh Marlowe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, back with you today. We got a a more general college basketball discussion as conference realignment is here with the uh, with Oklahoma and Texas bolting for the for the SEC. But that does affect Carolina indirectly and directly, and the ACC, and really just the state of college basketball. So we're going to dive into that here momentarily. But we start with our pod thought of the day. We go to former NCAA champion and now NBA champion right. Justin Jackson, who as Milwaukee closed out the NBA Finals a week ago, he became the fourth Tar Heel to win both an NCAA and an NBA title, joining just Michael Jordan, James Worthy, and Danny Green. And here is Jackson's thought. 
Never lose confidence in yourself. Never stop working hard. Never lose that work ac- work ethic, even when you might not be playing, not playing much, or whatever it is. Just keep going. And the might not playing or playing much really applies to him in the NBA Finals, as he did not see the court for a single minute. Hey, he got some good airtime, though, man. He was sitting right there behind Budenholzer. Every time that Budenholzer would be stressed out, there's Justin Jackson right behind him with a calm, soothing presence. He's a poor man's Theo Pinson on that Bucks bench. He's a quiet Theo Pinson. Yeah. Um, but, you know, proud of Justin for getting that NBA championship. That means, of course, Cam Johnson, who fell short. Fantastic series for Cam, but he's primed for a big third season once the NBA season gets going here in a couple months. Tease that we got major conference realignment talk. Um, we just, at the time that we're recording this, we just got done diving into this on the Heel Tough blog podcast because it affects Carolina and the ACC on the football side of things. But it also affects Carolina and the ACC on the basketball side of things. Of course, right. the move from Oklahoma and Texas is a football-driven move like every conference realignment move ever has been a football-driven move. And then, you Football know, makes more revenue. It makes more money. It's just kind of yeah. what it is. Um, they, they, of course, are going to the SEC. That gives the SEC now 16 teams. The SEC has wishes, and there's been rumors that they will expand to 24 and try to bring in the likes of Clemson and Florida State from the ACC, Ohio State and Michigan up from the Big Ten. Um, Speaking of the Big Ten, they've got interest in bringing in Kansas, a potential Texas school. Nice voice. Yeah, that did did crack. (laughs) Or Iowa State from the Big 12, because we can all come to the conclusion, barring something miraculous, the Big 12 will no longer exist after next year. The only way that the Big 12 exists is if they basically combine with the American Conference, and more than likely, it would not be called the Big 12. I do think that's possible. It would be called the Big American. Or the American 12. I do think. <laughs> Which would make no sense because there would be more than 12. I do think more than anything, when we get on all this commentary alignment stuff, we got to rename the conferences, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. By the way, the big American, that would fit perfect with some of the people that are down in the state of Texas. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, um, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – by the way, I thought the transfer portal was over. <laughs> Apparently, it's over for the players, but not for the schools. They're now they're just entering the transfer portal and shifting all over. What is happening? It is call it, it is college athletics conference free agency. It's unbelievable. That is pretty I mean, much what we're at. Um, speaking of the Big Ten, as in addition to wanting to add some some Big Twelve schools, they already have fourteen teams. So. You know, you would add two to have then the super conference. But if you want to get the mega, well, if you go back to the last time we went through this back in 2011, two schools the Big Ten had interest in, us, Carolina, and, of course, Virginia. Um, And and so I got a general question that's written here on the rundown. Oh, yeah, let's – And it's what does this all mean for for UNC because this is – We are screwed. This is a Carolina, you know, basketball podcast. And I think think the – the one thing that the ACC has going for them, as we delved into uh, on the football scenes, is they got the grant of rights where if any school were to leave the ACC, all that TV money still gets fed back to the ACC until 2036. But as we also learned in the last few days with all these business journalists or sports business guys, and it, it shocked, I think, everybody that's in, a, that's in ACC country, of the Power Five conferences – 
the ACC brings in the fewest amount of money. They bring in less money than the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Um, I do think that if, had, if we were to project 10 years down the road, the ACC network would make would put the ACC above the top and put that conference behind the SEC and the Big 10. Once they get those infomercials off the ACC network at 11 o'clock at night. But oh, come on, man. You don't want those TAC vision goggles? No. Um, <laughs> but which brings you to the point that you know, if if a school was to leave the a- the ACC, they could, in theory, make the money that they got to pay back to the conference they left for a you know an SEC or the Big Ten. But I, I think that's the one thing the ACC did that was smart to kind of protect themselves. But I don't think they're I don't think the ACC's in the clear from being poached. And Carolina, Clemson, and Florida State will be the schools that get poached from these other conferences potentially. I mean, look, there's a reason to be concerned because, I mean, these teams were brought up the last time that we went through this. And, yeah, I mean, it's it, there's there's no way around it. The ACC is not making the money that they probably should be as a conference. Um, not only are you behind both the SEC and the Big Ten, which, I mean, you know, in terms of if you combine all the sports, that make, might make a little bit of sense. They're also behind the Pac-12. That one is head-scratching to me. The Pac-12 is a conference network that you only get on one cable provider like how does that make any sense that they are out they they are outperforming you revenue wise that's that's where it starts to get concerning but you bring up some fair points the first year is always going to be probably a little bit rough I mean yeah we remember that I mean the infomercials were out of this world year mm-hmm. one that was all it was during that first Notre Dame game last year it gets better but it's a COVID year, so you're, of course you're not going to make the revenue that you need to. I think that it's just really bad timing for the ACC, but I also think that there's enough history in the ACC that people will look at it and still see it as, a, as an attractive conference. And I mean, right now, I think one of the biggest things that the ACC has going for it, because let's be honest, most people look at the ACC football-wise and say, uh, we don't want any part of playing in that conference because... You have to play Clemson. And you're not making a whole lot of money? Yeah, that's probably not the most attractive situation that you're going into. But on the basketball side of things, you've got Duke and Carolina still at the top, the biggest brands arguably in the sport right there. Um, But, you know, they've lost two legendary coaches or are going to lose two legendary coaches. Coach K still, of course, got this year. So people probably feel like there's an opportunity. You've got Virginia who's on the up and up. They've done you know great things under Tony Bennett, and it doesn't look like they're going away anytime soon. And you've got a lot, you know, you have some teams that are, you know, came in from what used to be the Big East now. I mean, the Big East that is remaining is a shell of itself. It's nowhere near the same conference. But you've got some of that history in there mixed with some of the other schools that you have in there as well. So I, I still think that there is an attractive component to the ACC. Basketball is a big part of what could sell the conference to people. But it is it is pretty obvious at this point that you are not on the level of the SEC and the Big Ten. And if these teams want to go mega conference, you could be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I, and I, you know, I think you bring up a fair point. Football drives the decisions, and I guess in so many ways it should. But the ACC, from the time it was formed has been a basketball conference. I would argue that since 1953, it's been the best basketball conference in the country for the majority of those, and we're going on what, 
you know, 60, 70 years now. Like no, I, I would agree with that. I mean, who else is going to be up there? The the second best conference history wise is, is probably gone. You know exactly, and, and so I think I think that's why there's just there's a different layer to this from the basketball side of things because when you brought in all those schools in 2011, when you brought in Pitt, when you brought in Louisville, and you brought in Syracuse, you were making that move on the football side of things to get your conference up to 14 teams. But, in theory, it made your basketball conference more deeper, and that's why you've seen more parity. I mean, that's why Duke and Carolina aren't winning the ACC year in, year out, because the league is so much deeper. And But, you know, we were talking on the football side of things. In, in football, Carol, the ACC is a 15 – or is a 14-team conference because Notre Dame is an independent. But in basketball, it's a 15-team conference because Notre Dame is a basketball member. So when the ACC looks to add two teams – on the football side of things, they got to realize on basketball, they've only got one spot, which is why Notre Dame is the ideal fit to add with whoever it is, West Virginia or Cincinnati, which I think complicates more things than what we're what we're thinking. Yeah, this is this is a complicated situation, and we didn't we didn't actually talk about this on the football side of things, but I think it's a big factor, and I think that's the main reason I wanted to save it for basketball. This could get into a really hairy situation with Notre Dame because if, for the sake of keeping the conference alive... Do you get rid of Notre Dame as a basketball You member? may have to kick them out. No, no, no. Not only basketball. Well, as, but, all sports. And all sports. All sports outside of football are in the ACC. They are full-fledged members outside of the, outside of the football program. So that might be one of those decisions where the, pro- the problem if we're with having that, to stay alive as a conference, we may have to ki- we may have no choice but to kick you out because I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I guess you could be a seventeen team yeah, basketball. How conference. do you see the ACC tournament unless you make it where only the that's top. the problem? You're getting into a tricky territory the, here. So this the problem, could really the problem if you get rid of Notre Dame. Where are they going? They're going to the Big Ten. You're now you're even a further step behind because it it lines up geographically, and right. And as we we talked about, whoever like when the ACC landed Notre Dame as a football member for or, or for five games, we thought, oh, what a big deal that was. If the if Notre Dame joins a conference in football, that's that will top what what Texas and Oklahoma just did. Joining the SEC, it'll top realignment from ten years ago. It'll top realignment from when the SEC expanded thirty years ago. Yeah, that would be one of the biggest storylines in college athletics, athletics history. Yeah, I mean it'd be massive. So, but I I do think you're right. Where for the sake of saving the conference, that is something you have to at least consider, because if I I think that that gets. That gets brought to the table if they're unwilling to join as a football member. See, this is where if that gets brought to the table, you wonder if that is one of the only things that could force Notre Dame's hand outside of the college football playoff committee telling them you have to be in a conference or else you will not be allowed to participate in the playoff, which would basically be a separation of the Power Five from the Group of Five in FBS football. Which we're heading to that. We're heading to that. That's going to be here probably by the time all of this realignment and the you, dust you is would, settled. You would think. You would think that it's it's getting to that point. Um, now, with the, the thought of some that the group of five could have a spot, an automatic bid in the college football playoff, you never really know. 
I think that's probably the most progress that the group of five has had to keep that together in a long time. But outside of that scenario of the FBS splitting into the Power Five and the group of five and the college football playoff being a part of the Power Five, I think the fact of telling them, look, if you don't join a conf- if you don't join the ACC, we're trying to keep our heads above water. We're going to kick all of your other athletic programs out. That could be about the only thing that may make them say, "Okay, we got to seriously consider that." Because I get the Big Ten draw. There, I mean that that'll be there. But the other thing is, is do you? I don't know. I still don't think the Big Ten is going to be able to convince them differently than the ACC would that we need you in the football conference. I think they would try to pull the same thing, and the Big Ten would be like, look, this is not going to work here either. Yeah. So uh, they could be on the outside. And here's the thing about this. You cannot be an independent in college basketball. No. You will not make the NCAA tournament. It's just that simple. It, it doesn't – the independents in college basketball are some of the smallest schools that you could ever think of. So that could be one interesting scenario – um, and I mean, look, there's a couple other ones that, that we talked about a little bit on the football side of things that could be really, really interesting in yeah. terms of basketball moves. Yeah, because like with the expansion, like the, the school rumor to come with Notre Dame full-time in football and join and everything is West Virginia. And I do think I do I do think there's a market there because you've got you've got the Virginia schools right there. You've got Pitt right up the road. You've got the backyard brawl on the football. So I think that's also a really good big east rivalry in basketball as well. Same thing with Syracuse. Syracuse that was a good match and, and Louisville. We're like we're those old time like big like the old Big East fans that are now of course in the ACC. I think there's a draw to West Virginia. For sure. For sure. But I argue, and I, you know, I'll preface because it's not because Wes Miller is the coach at Cincinnati now. I think Cincinnati is a better draw on, for both sports because they've got. I mean, they just took, they just made a, a New Year's Six bowl game. Mick Cronin took them to the Elite Eight a couple times at Cincinnati before he left for UCLA and somehow made a Final Four. Like there's there's basketball history there, and on the basketball side of things, to shore up to continue that strength, like you're the best conference in the country because the last couple of years the Big 12's been better at the top and the Big Ten's been deeper. I think Cincinnati's a better move in a from a basketball standpoint. Well, to be fair, if you're comparing success, I understand that conversation, but. Cincinnati has also been in a much easier conference than West Virginia has been in on both the football and basketball side of things when they've seen a lot of their success. Now, if you go back to when they were in the Big East, they do have some historical basketball success. One of the best players in NBA history came out of Cincinnati. So, I mean, look, there there's definitely a pull there. The concern with them is what I talked about a little bit on the football side of things as well. If the Big Ten comes calling... They have more revenue. That's probably a more attractive overall package that the Big Ten is going to be able to give you because money talks. And as of right now, and see, we I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would assume that the way they're talking, the gap between the ACC and the Big Ten in terms of revenue is probably pretty sizable. It's Yeah, it's, look, if the SEC is making 720, the ACC is making less than the Pac-12 or the Big 12 that brought in 439. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's <laughs> you're talking about almost $300 million between the ACC and the SEC. So if we were to just guesstimate, let's say that's half between the ACC and the Big Ten, that's still a lot of money at the table for Cincinnati. My argument is is you're already little brother to Ohio State. Joining the Big Ten is not going to make that any easier. No one's going to want to go play for Cincinnati if they can go play for, the, for Ohio State. That's my opinion. But with West Virginia, even though he's in the back nine of his coaching career, you mentioned you just thought we've lost Roy Williams. Bob Huggins will you're, be a big addition. You're man. losing Coach K. You need someone outside of you know Jim Beheim while he's picking, picking his boogers. You need someone to continue to carry the legacy. I'm not a big Bob Huggins guy. He's going to pass Roy Williams on the all-time wins list a week into the season. He gives you a, a, a coach that is still that could be the face of your league for seven to ten years. Well, I mean, it's like you mentioned. I mean, there's the, you know you got him coming in. You got the natural rivalries with some of the other teams from the old Big East days. I mean, look, the, the matchup with Louisville isn't going to be the same because remember during those times it was Bob Huggins versus Rick Pitino. Those were fantastic matchups. But yeah, I mean, you're still going to have some pretty legitimate matchups. I think from an overall eye test standpoint. West Virginia makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons on both sides. I think Cincinnati, I'm going to be honest, Cincinnati's up there. If, if I'm going with a team that right now is considered group of five, that would easily be my first call. Yes. But I, I you know, I understand the, the, the little brother argument with, with Ohio State. I, I just, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, look, the coaches would tell you, yeah, let's go to the ACC. Uh, the athletic departments are going to look at that chunk of change and say we're not worried about that. I mean, we talked about it on the football side of things. It's a thing about comp. It's the thing about winning or money. Which one matters more? Almost always, the schools are going to care more about the money. The individual teams will say we want to win, but the money is just too much. So that's the that's the unfortunate situation that you get into. Um, and, and I mean, there's. Look, there's there's a lot of other interesting candidates as well. I mean, look, I'm all for if they want to leave the Big Ten, dude, let's go all in on bringing Maryland back, yes. man. By the way, are we sure that if we take Maryland back, though, is I'm pretty sure if if he if they come back, Grievous Vasquez gets an extra year of eligibility, right? We got to see him one more time. The best part is Maryland is the one that we can be mad at for all of this because when they decided to leave the ACC and Rutgers decided to leave the Big East for the Big Ten, that's what set that whole thing of realignment in order. Before that, this, was, that, this wasn't going to happen. None of what happened would have happened without Maryland packing up their Under Armour gear and going to make more money to continue to lose at the rate they were losing in the ACC. Probably lose even more, so, to be honest with you. But I'm with you. I am a ACC guy. I love this conference, especially the basketball side. I love the ACC tournament. Maryland was a big part of this conference's, what is history, its tradition. They might hate Duke as much as we hate Duke. So we can all get behind adding a school that hates Duke. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um, they but, have a bit, I mean, they're, they consider us rivals. We probably yeah. don't consider them as strong rivals. Them in Virginia do not get along very right. well either. There's bring, a lot of really good rivals. And, those three teams that I just named, those are the three best teams in the conference. And the team you would be bringing in would have natural rivalries with all three of those teams. And another thing, 
he gets kind of forgotten about because Maryland's been eh. Mark Turgeon's a really good basketball coach. Yes. And yes, he, he is. He gives you a guy with a Tony Bennett while Hubert Davis and John Shire are grooming themselves. Because if we're being honest, once they're established on the court, as Hubert's already established Carolina off the court in recruiting, they will be the face of this league. Once again, will be the head coaches at Carolina and Duke. But Mark Turgeon gives you what Gary Williams was, who he played a role. He won a national title. Um, yeah, I don't know if Mark Turgeon's going to win I don't, a national I don't, title, but, but he's a heck of he's he's a heck of a coach. He plays. He'd play. He'd be a really good addition to this conference. Plus, he's a Roy guy. He was on Roy's first staff. So exactly. Sure. <laughs> so I I'm all for Maryland coming back. I mm-hmm. you know we make all the jokes about Maryland leaving, but all of mine were more personal because I loved what they brought to the conference. And then I'm more willing to go to the to Washington D.C. to play the NCAA or to to play the ACC tournament. You brought up a situation as we were just kind of joking about before we got on air. But this is the best part about conference realignment. You can throw out any situation, and in some form or fashion, you could make it make you sense make it because make- it's it, it's just craziness with Kansas being an ACC member. From the basketball side of this thing, it would you would then essentially have the th- three of the five best programs in the country in your conference. Yep, Carolina, Duke, and Kansas. I don't want any part of that, and it's it, there's a lot of different reasons go into it. What Dean, are you scared? Dean Smith coached there. Yes, actually, <laughs> Roy Williams coached there. We've always had that weird connection with Kansas, but it's never been intertwined. I like having that that connection with that school that we could never beat under Roy Williams, but I liked having that connection to them without them ever being an ace, a conference member or a regular non-conference opponent. Um, but if you know if if, if you got to make that move. You sacrifice what they're not going to do for you on the football side of things because they're a lot like us and Duke. They're going to make you a lot of money in in basketball to where you can sacrifice them not having a relevant football program. Dude, they probably make some of the most money in the country in terms of basketball. I mean, they, they, they were probably middle of the Big 12, if not top of the Big 12 in terms of revenue, and their football program is garbage. They had a coach that a couple years ago left the in the middle of a game to go recruiting. To go recruiting. And they eventually lost that game. That yeah. was the best well, part of that I mean, story. That, but that's your shit. They don't give a they, – they don't care. Easy. Yeah, easier. Really. They, don't, they, they, they don't care at all about football. Like, here's the thing. I'm going to be honest – there, they probably didn't even have to put in COVID restrictions for their games last year. Nice. Nobody shows up anyways. But they make so much money off of basketball that they would be valuable. And if at any point they could even remotely get back to being even what Duke is in football, they could get a coach like David Cutcliffe in there, they would be a valuable addition to your conference. I know it's not something people probably want to consider, and believe me, from a you know wins and losses standpoint, oh, no, no, keep them out. But, I mean, if you're talking about ways to generate interest in keeping your conference afloat, adding them to the basketball side of things and the revenue that they could bring in, I mean, that, that could, 
I don't know how much it would move the needle. It would move the needle at least a little bit. It, it would open some eyes, I think, for sure. Doesn't that move only happen, though, if you kick Notre Dame out of the conference? Because Probably, but if you do that, Because if we're that sitting here be, today, isn't like West Virginia like a given they're going to be in the ACC? I would be stunned if that's not, that's not the one that's going in. I think the bigger question is not if West Virginia will be in. I think the bigger question is who will that other team be? Will Notre Dame pony up and just say, you know what, we got to join the conference? Or are we going to get into this scenario where we're sitting here saying, well, what's going to happen? Are we going to kick? Or, I mean, is there any scenario where you add a team football-wise to the ACC and let's say the team plays their basketball in the Big East? Is that even possible? Like, I I have no idea how this is, could, could work out. I think what's being forgotten in all of this is the two conferences that are being rumored about becoming mega conferences are the SEC and the Big Ten. But couldn't all of this force the ACC to swallow up what's left of the Big 12 and just invite the American Conference into their conference and then they become a mega conference? It could be possible. I think the thing is, is that are you, you know, if you're bringing in the American Conference from a football side of things, I, I mean, do you are, are you bringing in all the are all those schools going to qualify for what you see as a Power Five program? Are they going to qualify academically? Now, to be honest with you, I don't think they care about that. The academic restrictions at this point for they're, getting in they are going to be they're irrelevant. Out, they're going to be thrown out the window. Yeah. If it means keeping your conference alive. They're going to do whatever they have to do to keep the conference Let's be alive. honest. We're already sacrificing a- academics with, with NC State as a premier member of yeah, the they bring a, they, they, they bring us down. I had to laugh when I saw the fact that they were not one of the AAU schools. That just cracked me up. They talk about being this great university, and yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Another situation you brought up that I totally – and I brought it up when we did it on the Heel Tough blog, and I'm against it – is Kentucky. Now, for Kentucky to come to the ACC... <laughs> On the football podcast, you were kind of for it, but... <laughs> well, I'm against it in a, from a football standpoint, but I'm against it from a basketball standpoint. The first thing the Kentucky has to do is leave $720 million of revenue for the lowest revenue conference in the in the country in the ACC. That already makes it... Low, lowest power five. Right. We're not yes. below the Sun Belt, people. I don't, it's I not don't that bad. Them. So <laughs> you got that working against you. But a lot with Kansas. You put Kentucky in the ACC. You solidify having three of the five best programs in college basketball. You solidify having probably the, the, the best conference in college basketball at the top. You've got John Calipari, who we all loathe like Coach K, but he right there, he's immediately the face. He's the face of the league until Hubert Davis. Is and he John- the most hated coach in the country once K retires where, like, everybody just universally yes. hates him? God, I, I yes. think so, yeah. So, like, you, you put him in there. He's the face of the, your league until Hubert Davis or John Shire's replacement have established themselves 
as the head coaches at Carolina and Duke, as I just pre- predicted John Sire will not last as Duke's head coach. But You just predicted Huber wouldn't last. Yeah, either. no, I said Huber Davis and then John Shire's replacement. No, there was a difference. Oh, the way you phrase that, no. it made it sound like Huber both of the Davis guys were going to Huber Davis is going to be for the next 20 to 30 years. You also said a minute ago that you were against Kentucky in football and against Kentucky in basketball. I just you meant Ken- for Kentucky in mid- football yes. against Kentucky. Not your greatest segment. Here this on the show. This all goes back to that girl that broke my heart that went to school in Kentucky, and I still just hate Well, them. here's the thing. I am going to blame Maryland for all of this. <laughs> they have started this segment off the rails. They It all started when they moved out in 2011. Way to go, Maryland. I agree. I <sighs> Okay, so in the Kentucky terms of things, I will say this. It is much more likely, if you're going with one of the two programs that are inside of the top five in the country, Kansas would be the one that you would see happening more than Kentucky. The reason why Kansas is probably not as far-fetched as some people think, Kansas might not have a choice. If you want to remain in a major conference, you probably won't have a choice but to join either the ACC or the Big Ten because the SEC is not taking them. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. The SEC, when it comes to the SEC, some of these moves, again, they are mostly football-based, but the ACC and the Big Ten probably do take basketball into consideration. The SEC does not give a damn about what you do in basketball. They do not care. It is exclusively football moves because they have, of, because they got Kentucky. Kentucky carries the the weight of the conference. I'm going to be honest with you, even if they lost Kentucky, I don't think they would care. Now, here's the thing. They will never lose Kentucky. They will not lose any team from that conference unless the team leaving has the dumbest athletic director in human history. You are leaving easily the most lucrative conference and you can I mean, it does not matter. You could never win another game in that conference. You will make the same revenue share that Alabama is making, and they're killing people. That's, I mean, seriously, that's what – there's just no way around it if you're these other conferences to try to, add, to, to, to try to make your product more attractive. The only thing is if there is some athletic director that values winning over money. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think there is one of those. I want to shake that man's hand. I just don't see it. So, I, I it's very far-fetched to see them. We talked about South Carolina. From a basketball standpoint, that does nothing. Makes that, no that, sense. That, 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 apps, that does not move the needle. From a football standpoint, that definitely moves the needle. That's a huge move. But, I mean, you look and they're, like you said, it's not the greatest move, but there is some elements to it. I mean, they have a rivalry with Clemson. It's nowhere near the rivalry that it is in football. But it's still a rivalry. You have some history between them and, and Carolina because, you know, we took Frank McGuire away from them. I mean, there there are some parallels there. But I, I it's just that's I don't see any scenario where a team is gonna leave the SEC, especially to go to the conference that is making the least of the power fives. It just does not make any sense. What needs to happen is Roy Williams needs to go golf. 
Some reporter. I'm, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that he's probably already doing that. Some reporter needs to stalk him on the golf course. That's also already happening. And we need a we need a royism on all of this because remember back when he retired, we thought Walker Kessler and the transfer portal drove Roy Williams to retirement. Could you imagine what he'd have to say about this today? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Roy probably got a news update when he got into the clubhouse coming off 18 on Wednesday about everything that was going to happen. And has been receiving news updates throughout the week as he's come off the course. I do not think that Roy is regretting his decision (laughs) even slightly. I think Roy is saying, you know what? This daggum golf course is looking better and better each day. I I mean, I'm going to be honest. And he wouldn't say it. Coach K will never say it. Both of those guys are probably thinking right now, thank God I am heading out of this. Because it is, I mean, it's utter chaos. Like right now, I mean, look, just from from being somebody that follows it and, co- and, and covers it to a certain extent as a blogger and as a podcast host, I mean, it's it's honestly a little overwhelming because you just don't know. I mean, you're hearing all these different scenarios. I mean, you, you know, one one hour you're hearing, ah, the ACC is done for. The next hour you're hearing the ACC could be better than the SEC in a couple of years. Well, I, I mean, it's it's so crazy. I woke up from my nap on Wednesday when I was on vacation at the beach and saw the notification about Oklahoma and Texas. And I thought it was big game sooner. That guy on social media just playing a joke or something. Um, and for the last five, six days, I mean, Twitter, I mean, that's why that's why I'm on Twitter is like, what's, what's the next? Because that's just the first of many dominoes. Isn't it also baffling how in prior times it took so long to get these things officially in motion? This offseason in particular... Everything that has been done has been fast forward. There is, it is unbelievable from, you know, the transfer portal to uh, the play to playoff expansion in college football to name, image, and, name likeness. image and likeness. And now this, everything is fast tracked right now. Where we're with the NCAA, we were used to everything taking so long to get done, but now it seems like. They're in a rush. Look, we've always wanted things to move a little bit faster, but now it seems like we're just out of control. We're moving way too fast for our own good, and we're saying, look, why are we doing everything in one offseason? At this point, I mean, you're you're honestly sitting here with a month left before the college football season, a little over it, and you're saying to yourself, what the hell else is going to happen? Is there something else that's going to happen? I, I think – I do think, though, it's better to happen all at once. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, and, you're probably right about that. And here's that. why, and this is going to sound really negative. Whatever it takes to abolish the NCAA, I'm in support of. It's it, only a matter of time. Name, image, and likeness yeah. and conference realignment has the potential to derail the worst governing body in the United States that are in charge of athletics. Are we sure that by the end of next year, we will not be referring to SEC president Greg Sankey as controlling everything because this man may literally just gobble up all the teams in college athletics and just run them himself. Right. I mean, this is unbelievable. So, anything else on realign before we get out of here? 
Uh, dude, I'm realigned. I'm realigned out, man. I, we we just talked for like two hours about it. I'm uh I'm almost having a panic attack just thinking about all these different scenarios. I mean, it's just it's crazy, it, man. It is a fun, exciting, nauseous time <laughs> if you're if you love college athletics. Because fun, exciting, nauseous time. That sounds like when I go to the bar. Yeah. So uh, with that, we are going to go ahead and get after. Before we let you guys go, they get you guys to the website heeltoughblog.com where we're getting you ready for the upcoming uh, football season for Carolina. Uh, Anthony's done a good job breaking out all the position previews, so make sure you get on that. We just finished up the offensive side of the football with quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line. Next, we'll be getting you ready for previewing the defense, uh, which re- returns 10 of 11 starts from the Orange Bowl. And if they take the next step, we'll really be a big part if Carolina can compete to win an ACC title. Basketball side of things, a little more quiet. We will be. Uh, I did write an article about Roy, Roy Williams' best wins over Duke. You can go back and check that out. We will, we will be getting you ready for Dayron Sharp. The NBA draft is coming up on Thursday. His um, his stock has seemed to rise in the last two to three weeks. He is back to being a potential first rounder. May even slip into the lottery. So we'll have you covered with all that happens with Dayron come NBA draft night. And lastly, we do want to encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We got a great review the other night. I saw it on Apple Podcasts, and I'll read it. And uh, well, thank you. Th- first off, thanks for the review. Oh, come on. The yeah. humble brag. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, he didn't leave his name, but it says, listen, I hope y'all are reading this, which we are right now. Do not stop making these podcasts. They are great, and I enjoy them. Best podcast I have ever heard. I wouldn't say it's the best podcast. I would say we are improving on a day-to-day basis, We, but that's what we're looking for. We want those rates. We want those reviews, even if it's bad. Critical by, by the criticism way, is good criticism. How shameless of you to read your own comment on the podcast. Hey, I'm just saying – Thank you for doing what I've been, what we asked you to do. Big roll of thunder just coming here. Yeah, you may have heard that. Oh, my God. In our studio. But ultimately, we want you guys to subscribe. That way, get every podcast in your podcast library. Right now, we're doing one, maybe two a week. But once the season tips off in about three months, that's right, we will be previewing and, recap- and recapping every game individually as best we can. Dude, around- we may be doing a daily podcast. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. As best we can, um, but so you know, subscribe. We're on uh, Megaphone, Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, and Google Podcast. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I do thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs>